Hello there, you're listening to Art Smitten on Sin Nation with myself, Christian, this afternoon. And I'm very happy to be here today with uh, Cassandra McGrath, who is playing the part of Honey in uh, Winterfall's production of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. So welcome to Art Smitten, Cassandra. Thank you. So just for, for those who aren't really familiar with this play, even though it's quite well known, could you um, just maybe tell us a little bit about uh, the story and, um, and the character of Honey and how she fits into the mix? Yeah, sure, of course. Um, some people might be familiar with the film Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, which starred um, Elizabeth Taylor and her husband at the time, Richard Burton. And it's basically about a, a, a very kind of powerful couple, I guess, middle-aged couple, who Martha and George, the names are, and Martha's father is the president of a university. And Nick and Honey decide to go and have a drink late at night, about 2 a.m., at their house to kind of, I guess, climb the social ladder of the university. But instead, they get uh, sucked into the mind games of um, George and Martha, who've been married for 27 years. They're a bit, bit rough with one another, I guess you could say. It'd be fair to say. And it sort of goes in real time from kind of 2 a.m. till just before. Um, up. Oh, right. And so for those, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, I think the film might be an access point for a lot of people. But uh, like, what are some of the main ways that the film and the play uh, are quite different, would you say? There's actually, uh, actually very similar. Hmm. I watched the film and the, it's almost word for word, to be honest. There's a few kind of longer monologues cut out of it. And in the film, they have um, locations that are outside of Georgia and Martha's lounge room, whereas the play is just completely in their lounge room. But yeah, I mean, I'd say they're, they're quite similar, actually. The, there was a screenplay written um, not by the same writer as the play. But yeah, no, they're, they're almost identical, I've got to be honest. Yeah, I think only about two lines ended up being changed from um, Edward Albee's script to um, Ernest Lemon's uh, screenplay, um, all told. Yeah. See, I guess with the character of Honey, there almost seems to be about two sort of main modes that she has. There's, I guess, like the sober her at the beginning, um, and then there's <laughs> drunk honey for most of the play. I guess there's probably no prizes for guessing which one of those two honeys you prefer playing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she does you know, gobble the brandy. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so how has sort of your, your approach been to um, playing, I guess, those two, like, broadly speaking, sides of honey, the before and the after, the brandy? Uh, just method acting. I take a real bottle of brandy on stage. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's super fun. I mean, the play does start at 2 a.m., so it's not like they're completely sober when they walk in. But I think because, you know, Honey's sweet, she's described as a bit of a dip or she's very intoxicated. But I think she's, you know, not as educated as the other three. So she's kind of on her own planet as well. But she's quite adorable, I think. Um, and her, it sort of is revealed, you know, through the play that how her husband really does feel about her, that he sort of put up with her and that she's not the woman that he wanted to marry at all. It's just that she had this hysterical pregnancy, had a big belly, so they got married. And then, as it says in the play, the puff went away. <laughs> Um, and there's lots of uh, lots of different things on what's happened, whether she it was a real genuine hysterical pregnancy or whether or not she's terminating her pregnancy in her own time for fear of childbirth because she is, as they refer to her quite often, slim. So yeah, it's quite interesting, honey. She's comic value and, and all the rest of it, but underneath it's quite complex and interesting. 
so. Definitely. And also thinking of, because I guess there are quite a few different pairings as well over the course of the play. There's parts where you have the two couples talking with each other and the girls talking and the men talking and then sort of one from each. But I think it's it's probably fair to say that we get like when the when they split off into the men talking and the women talking, most of the time the women seem to be off stage and we're on um, George uh, and Nick. Um, That's right, yeah. Yeah, I guess there are really only glimpses of what uh, Martha and um, and Honey are saying with each other when they're by themselves. Like, what was your approach to kind of showing, uh, I guess, what might have been happening off stage? Yeah, good question. Um, well, I think because Martha has her eyes certainly set on my husband, hmm. my champion boxing, brilliant, you know, biologist husband. So Martha has got her sights set on him. So I think she just sees Honey as kind of, you know, a, a very non-threatening drunk person she doesn't seem to mind she looks after her and, and gets her better and able to come out and speak to her and else again but um i think really those kind of you know intellectual conversations especially between um nick and george where there's a lot of competition there's a lot of male ego and butting heads and things like that so nick and george spend a lot of time uh having quite you know intellectual wishy banter but underneath it, there's really an ego battle, which is very true, I guess, of the 60s, but also remains relevant today about who's, you know, Nick's possibility of taking over the university versus George's opportunity that he's missed to do so. But Honey doesn't really kind of keep up with these conversations. She's not university educated like Martha or Nick or George. So she's kind of, she's on her own little planet. And that planet is Planet Brandy. And she's really quite happy there. <laughs> It's interesting. Um, I guess without like giving too much away about the play, do you feel like there's anything in particular that two couples uh, learn from each other, I suppose, over the course of the story? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some people argue that this play is a very feminist play. There's very strong themes about female choices of birth, you know, sort of pregnancy, what to do with pregnancies. Um, and also large comments, obviously, on women who who can't have children. My character is slim heaped, and it's constantly referred to that perhaps I don't have any children or this hysterical pregnancy happened because I don't have childbearing hips and all that sort of conversation that comes with that. But there's definitely an exchange of, of an idea that in, from the older couple to the younger couple, which is to do with raising children or having children which kind of resolved really nicely towards the end of the play. I think back in those times too, like women were expected to have children and if they didn't have children, they, they didn't have the careers that they have now. So if they didn't have any kids, what were they doing? You know, mm. it was very much their purpose in life. You know, Nick, my husband in the play, Honey's husband, has a large resentment towards Honey because she had this hysterical pregnancy, he married her, and then there's been no pregnancy since. So he's sort of looking at her thinking, well, you know, I've got the career and, and what are you doing? You're supposed to be having children and you're not falling pregnant. Why is that? Mm. Also, as you mentioned as well, um, so the, the entire play is set in the living room of Martha and George and three acts, I believe, it's it's divided into as well? Yeah, it's three, roughly three one-hour acts, as I said, going in real time. So it starts yeah. at 2 a.m. There's 15-minute intervals between each act. I think the last act is around 45 minutes. I'm not sure the full hour, but... Yeah, so it literally goes in real time. There's no jump cuts forward in time. It's just completely... It's basically watching a conversation. You can kind of imagine the audience is like cutting the wall out and you're just sort of watching somebody's lounge room with this kind of debauchery and lots of alcohol. It's quite a ride. It goes up and down. There's dancing, there's fun, there's screaming, there's yelling, there's crying, there's everything. 
Yeah. <laughs> Something um, for everyone. <laughs> interesting use of that phrase. But yeah, in terms of plodding, I guess there's rises and falls and those periods with lots of very talkative and, and I guess there'd also be a few silent moments as well in all of this. Um, yeah, not many. It's interesting. Edward Albee has such a, a very, very particular way of writing and we've observed every bit of grammar, every ellipses, every pause, every silence. And there aren't many silences in it, but when there are, it's quite meaningful. But it is written very um, eloquently. Is that a word? Probably not. Yeah, it is, um, yeah. Oh, okay. I shouldn't have doubted myself. But I can't believe that people that drunk are sort of speak so poetically. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'm sort of getting to. But it works. It just works. It's, it's, a, it's a really amazingly written play. He really is a genius. And the more that we've kind of studied the text and got this play ready, where you realise how, how wonderful this play is and why it is one of the most famous plays in the world. Right, I see. And Gusa, I also want to ask you, as an actress who's worked in both film and in theatre, if you were not necessarily in 1966, but if you were to play the character of Honey in a film production, how differently do you think you would be, you'd be approaching um, this character? Very different. Um, the lady, Sandy Dennis, who played Honey in the film, who is just absolutely brilliant and won an Academy Award, and rightly so, was just brilliant. And every Honey is different and every Martha's is different, every George is different, I'm sure, from, you know, every production of this. But I think the thing with Honey in the film is that, you know, she would have the um, luxury of having the editor around her so that when she's not on screen, she doesn't have to worry about what she's doing. So you can mm. really just kind of make those moments work for for a feature film but on stage because you're on stage all of the time you have to be reacting and acting to what's going on a lot more than in the film so i think mm. there's there's a huge difference yeah i'm sure even sandy dennis if she was a stage actress if she was doing it on stage she would do it very differently from how she did on film because it wouldn't quite work because she, she's listening a lot more on stage than i think she's in the film in the film she's kind of almost you know, she's really on another planet, whereas I think on stage you've sort of got to be a little bit more aware of what's going on. <laughs> Just a touch. <laughs> that's an interesting point. Um, so this is being performed at the Black Box Theatre in Kew, and that's on the Pressel College senior campus, isn't it? Yeah, um, and the beautiful mansion, beautiful mansion. <laughs> and standing here right now, it's quite lovely. So what's it like to work in that kind of space? Yeah, it's good. It's a very small theatre, which is nice. Um, we had uh, our first preview show last night, which was some um, year 12, I think, who were studying the text. As we have a preview show tonight with some um, more students who are studying the text at their high school. And it was fabulous. It's extremely realistic because it is so small. People are literally feeling like they're in this lounge room with us. <laughs> There's no, you know, no chance you can't see or hear. It's very intimate, which is just lovely and particularly good for a play like this, I think, that's, you know, set in one place and that actually moves in real time. It's a really nice space. Oh, yeah, sure. And um, to Year 12 students, you said it was... Um, you yeah. Performed yeah. Yeah, we've, this is great for our preview week. We have opening night on the 25th of June. So we have previews this week, which is great. So we had a, a you know, an audience of 17 and 18 year olds last night who got all the jokes and laughed everything, and I was, I was very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as I said, there's a lot of schools in Victoria studying Edward Albee at the moment. Ah, right, that's interesting. Um, yeah. So what sort of, uh, like, was there time to do sort of like a Q&A after the performance? Uh, I, I so wanted to, but yeah, they have to get in the bus um, oh, right. and, and sort of head off. But yeah, they spoke to our director and the feedback was great. So they really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, seeing it come to life, I think, um, was really exciting for them and 
probably good for a couple of students who hadn't read it and thought, oh, well, at least we're seeing the play. <laughs> That's good. Nice shortcut. Oh, but yeah, I'm sure you'd also agree how, how important it is to make a text come alive, to see uh, an actual production of it. Absolutely. Yeah. And even, you know, we had to, you know, when I first read it, you kind of, you sort of think some of the lines are kind of, it's superfluous and that might not, you know, mean that much. But when you kind of really go deeper and understand the metaphors and what what he's really saying, it's actually it's brilliant. So. Oh, fantastic. So, um, thank you so much for joining us today, Cassandra. No worries. So, opening. Did you say twenty fifth of June was the twenty uh... fifth of June to the tenth of July? Right at um, Black Box uh, Theatre, Press Hill Scenic Campus. Yeah. Yeah, so thanks so much for joining us, Cass, uh, and best of luck with the show. I hope the response is great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Bye.